Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have me, sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this new crazy mother. What's up, monkeys? Monkey Dan here, and welcome to the Live Wild or Die podcast. On this episode, I was stoked to go deep, to go long with the OG monkey and my wild man brother from South Africa, Rich Mulholland. He's uh like I said, he's an OG monkey. He's got the original monkey bars from back in 2014. And, you know, we've been chatting for several years via email. We've done some video calls and, uh, we did almost a two hour podcast here. So we go all over, we went all over the place. We talked, he kind of, he started, we started off, he had some great questions for me about stoic and just kind of our process and all that. So we kind of, we kind of interviewed each other back and forth a little bit, which was pretty fun, but it's a fluid conversation. It's kind of just like two friends shooting the shit a little bit. And hopefully you guys learn a few things. And rich also, man, he's got all these different things he shared, just these different apps and whatnot, and some cool games, all kinds of stuff. So I'll put links to those things. You should check out his website. His company's called missing link. They're basically, they're a coaching service for speaking and presenting. Their website is msnglnk.com. So missinglink.com, but spelled msnglnk.com. I'll link that as well. And he's written some books and he's just a really, I, I really enjoy speaking to people like Rich where they're just, they, they're thinking deeply and really examining their own positions, the positions of others. And it's all about just learning and everyone getting better. So always love talking with him. And, you know, it's, I told him this, but he always makes me kind of take a step, step back and kind of examine what I'm doing personally, what we're doing as a company and just, you know, making sure we're staying on track and true to the monkey. So hope you guys enjoy and monkey on. I'm recovered. <laughs> to answer your question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. good to hear. Yeah, yeah. Good to hear. I have questions. I have questions we'll get to. But um, yeah, it was, I'm uh, super excited. Like, I think it's a great, I think uh, you couldn't have had a better time uh, for a product like this. I just, you know, were you hoping for more or did you understand it was like the highest price point I think you've done, right? Yeah. You know, I honestly, you know, I think David and I honestly thought that we'd be pushing more like, five to 10 million on Kickstarter. Um, just honest answer. Um, so I, it was a little disappointing that, you know, we raised about half of the 360 campaign, but you know, I get it. There's, you know, there's, there's a lot of external factors, um, that I think influenced it. So it's still a success, but it's like, you know, we just, I'm, I'm a half, I'm a glass half full guy. So it, uh, yeah. I think, I mean, even for me, like it works out to about 7,000 Rand here. And like the little mat I'm on is about, I don't know, 500 Rand. So like, like the, the levels of, of difference are huge. Right. So the economics of it. And I guess, I mean, and we had a great year. Like this has been a phenomenal year for us as a business, but a lot of people haven't. Right. And so, the, but I, I don't know the economics of that. Like, what was it? $400 or something was the, yeah, the, the high, I, I, I'd have to look at it to be specific, but yeah, the top end was like, I think three ninety nine or three forty nine. So we want to see it real oh, quick. Of right now. Yes. So you Dude. can see the, 
kind of the relief and topography. So this is still a prototype, but uh, gives you kind of the incredible. sense. So it's cool, man. And then we added this. This is the wobble feature. So yeah. So I mean, I have I guess because the voodoo board that I'm on. I bought this little, so I do use it with the proper rockers, but I can't work with it. Right. So I have to, so this is similar, but it's very small. Whereas what I noticed with your wobble, because it's bigger, mine is so small that it basically goes. Right, right, right. It doesn't give any motion, which yours will will get, which is rad. Yeah. No, it has, it has like a float. It has, it feels more like you're kind of floating on water. You know, like the oh, way, amazing. like it's just, it, it's not and, like a, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a little more like floaty type of feeling is how I would describe it. So it feels great. And was that really like a mid, mid campaign surprise design thing? Or did you kind of had it preloaded? And then when the ass came, cause it sounded like you guys just kind of added that in like during the campaign as a thought, like based on suggestions. We actually filmed the, the video and the way it was going to work is. This balance beam here that this, so this thing comes yeah, out, yeah. this was going to be the balance feature. So you would essentially flip it upside down and balance on that. But Oh, that's so smart. But it was like, it was cool. But my thoughts like, well, if it's a standing, if it's a standing mat, it should be on the other side. So we came up with the idea of just screwing it in. So, so basically that wobble feature is modular. So you can pop it in and out of the bottom. So yeah. that's a new thread. Yeah. yeah. So we added that to the, the tool. So the concept was there from the beginning, but it was like the actual implementation is what took a little bit of just exploration. But we got there, you know. I And it sounds bizarre, right? But I think it's one of... I think it's the most exciting product you've Thanks. done. <laughs> I think it's the most completely different one. Like it's, it defies comparison. It's, it's like, there isn't quite anything like that, that I've seen. Like the best I could get is by jury rigging. And I only did it because of the stoic is I bought a basically plain mat and I put one of my balance boards on it to try and mimic what I hope to get. Right. And, but like, uh, there's nothing, there's, I can't like buy a different one. Right. Uh, yeah, I think it's incredible. Yeah, I think, thank you. I appreciate that. I think it's, uh, I think once we get them and people actually stand on it and feel, feel what it is like to stand on for extended periods of time and be able to shift your weight and switch out the bases and all that, I really think that'll get people excited and kind of get that. Yeah, it might almost be a little ahead of its time in a way. So I, I think having some folks well, test it and all that. Totally. I mean, it's exactly what it is, right? You're creating a category and every other thing you've been enhancing a category here, you're creating a category. So if you're doing that, uh, you know, when we train speakers, we talk about, you know, you've got to sell the, the accident uh, before you sell the ambulance. So this is so new that like, even for people, they've not been in this for long. So like, I feel like it's a, this, there has to be like version one and then people will understand and be like, holy shit. And, and it'll be a thing. Right. I have two questions for you. Yes. Uh, the one was purely out of curiosity because I was I was talking about you guys and I was giving an example to a marketer about what you do so well, one thing. And then the very thing I described, you changed. And I thought, ah, that must have been intentional. So I'll come to that. The second thing was the I thought that you could possibly, and there must have been a reason for this. 
it was probably one of the less amounts of communication. Like I backed it and then I was excited. And then I know there was shit going on in the comments, but there were no updates really. There was only like, I think, two the whole campaign. Right. Is that, is, I, I feel like in the past you've done more. Was that a strategy or was it? Well, my partner had COVID. So that was a <laughs> shit. You know, okay. that, you know, we didn't want to like, make a big deal out of it because it, it wasn't a big deal. But um, that threw a little bit of a wrench, you know, for maybe a week, 10 days. And then um, just me personally, like, you know, I've got the two, I have two daughters under two yeah, now. Yeah. So it, there was a lot of like life factors and we just, we weren't as like, we were just weren't as focused on like, we were focused more on the product. Like we've been working with the manufacturer a lot to, you know, get across that last 10%, but we just, yeah, we just weren't, we were just spread thin to, to this is the honest answer. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like, yeah, I guess. if anything, we would have been more engaged, but, um, we were just spread thin and, you know, it was, um, updates became not a priority, unfortunately, because I think for this particular, yeah, like it would have been, it would have been conducive to like, do some lives of me standing out like, Hey guys, check it out. I just, yeah, I think we kind of dropped the ball on that is the honest answer. So I just, I just think that for me, a lot of this, this is your campaigns. And I know we spoke about this before, but your campaigns are the one time the community comes together right? as well. And I guess, I don't know. I don't know if there was something then I think that every notification is another point of hype that somebody can share and chat about and do and stuff. And so I just thought about that. Anyway, that's, Listen, this year, like I, I've realized I have like a creator fatigue. We've been making so much shit sure. that I have a schedule of stuff that I'm supposed to be making that I'm just not doing because I actually just don't feel like it. And I know I'm supposed to, but I actually like, so I get it. You, you make, cause your guys' campaigns are so high production that by the time the campaign like ships, you probably knackered from just making stuff. Yeah, no, that the creator fatigue is hundred percent true. And I don't want to, I don't want to approach it as like an excuse, but that's, that's the, the, the truth is like, we, it's such an intense process, filming the video, crafting the campaign, even, even figuring out what the hell the product is, you know, cause I've probably spent 90, the use I've, I've used it 99% more than anyone else. Um, so, so what I think it is, isn't necessarily true for what someone else might think it is. So getting feedback when we were filming from folks was super useful and it, it kind of, the, the product has evolved as far as like, well, what we thought it was originally to what it's turned out to be. So yeah, man, I, I totally feel that fatigue and it's, that's probably, I think that is a big part of why we weren't as communicative during the campaign. Hmm. So, and then the, the first question was around. So what I was saying, I said, like, one of the things you guys have done is by calling us like monkey, witch, wild man, witch, things like that, the monkeys, you kind of, you're so unapologetic and consistent that like, you don't speak to people unless it's like, you won't call me, witch. I'm wild man, witch or monkey. And I actually get excited. I feel a bit giddy. I'm like, yeah, I am. Yeah. <laughs> you know it. Yeah. And, uh, it's a thing, and it's such a cool brand and thing you've done. On this one, I was saying, and he said, hey, Stoics. And I thought, ah, okay, are you building a separate community? Or are they still monkeys 
that used the Stoic because we weren't like 360s. We were monkeys. Right. But the Stoic is the first, at least to the best of my knowledge, the first time you deviated from the naming convention. And I was thinking, was this, maybe I overthink things, but I was thinking, <laughs> maybe. was it because you're creating a new category of monkey fan that is different to the old one? So we were kind of playing on like Stoics as in, like stoicism and the, and the yeah the yeah, the yeah. philosophical stoics and that was the totally that was kind of the like oh maybe that'll be fun you know moving forward it's all monkeys you know we really we we actually considered having stoic under a separate like a separate website and it just we're like gosh is it is it going to fit within the monkey ecosystem but hell yeah it does so it's yeah, the um, terrain the barefoot of yeah course it does. like it just yeah, yeah. Again, and that was part of the process of figuring out, well, what the hell, like, what is this thing? You know, because again, what we, what we can conjure up in our mind isn't necessarily true for, for the monkeys. Right. So, um, yeah, it's going to be under, it's going to be under monkey.co. It's going to be under just that one cohesive umbrella brand monkey. And we will, we will most likely use the verbiage of monkeys versus stoics moving forward. But we thought it was just kind of a fun, you know. Totally. And the Stoics are such a like, like I read the Daily Stoic all the time. Right. Like it's my part of my morning read and ritual. And it's like, I think they're quite current and, you know, people buy into it. So I thought it was a great branding. I just wasn't sure if you would have you decided that because I do think that people who don't necessarily use the other, I think it's potentially a larger, well, it seems weird, but a, maybe a more general market for people who just find themselves standing at their desks and stuff all day long. Right. They don't necessarily, you know, maybe they, they're people who love going to gym, but they want something better while they're there. And so I thought there was a whole new market and I wondered if that was it. But again, as I go through this thing, sometimes I think, fuck, man, you just overthink everything. So, so I didn't know if I was just completely just over-engineering this thought. But uh, anyway, I was curious about it. No, you know, and it's a good reminder because I kind of have that imposter syndrome where I'm like, oh, no one's going to read this. No one's going to listen to this, whatever. But then this is a good reminder of like, yeah, everything matters, especially the little things. So, no, I appreciate you bringing it up and I appreciate the attention to detail. You know that Bruce Barton quote? Sometimes when I consider the tremendous consequences that come from the little things, I'm tempted to, to think that there are no little things. Right. I always think that's like such a my business has been built on the back of tiny little things. It's like a thousand of those little things build up this like love that we have with our customers. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, I think yeah. that's for us. That's been, we've always said that, like when we look at, there's no one thing that it's like the answer. It's, it's just that, that accumulation and aggregation of all those little things over the years. So yeah, hundred percent agree. And you've got guys like Brock Blades, who is your chief content creator. Yeah. Well, shout out to the wild man, the mad scientist Brock <laughs> out in South Carolina. He's yeah. a sheriff out there. He's a, he's a wild man. That's for sure. Really? He's a sheriff. Yeah. He's a sheriff. Yeah. I checked. I know he makes knives and stuff yeah. like that. And, yeah, his yeah. knives are badass. He sent me two of them. They're highly recommended. Um, shout out yeah. to Brock. I mean, I don't know what I'd do with it. South African vegan that hardly leaves his heart. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this crazy ass plate. But like, I want to have one. Sure, I mean, like, sure. I'm, I'm so tempted to order one just because I feel like, yes, I should. I should own one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So how's it going out there? What have you been up to? Um, we've, dude, like this murdered our business because like, we, we do conferences. Right. 
So like uh, March, we went to zero, like zero oh, revenue. Man, sorry, uh, man. But no, dude, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. It really, really was like on every level, even. And I think I knew this within the first week. We because I was so bored of our business and it was because it was running at cruising altitude for so long. Like I've had it now. So I'm 46. I turned 46 in October. I started business when I was 22. Like it is just it's just been too long. The I think our, we became mediocre and very middle of the road. And it forced us not to be. We had to like get good again. Right. And we had to solve new problems. And we actually looked at, uh, dude, we were paying software for employees that had left our company three years ago. <laughs> like we, cause you know, we had to go through everything. We're like, wow, why are we still paying this? Our, our big offices, we had these huge offices and we went into lockdown and everybody was like, this is not great. And the other thing was our offices were such a big part of our vibe and culture. Like there's, I worked in a tree house and we had oh, cool. a, like a, yeah, we had a slide and, farm and, <laughs> pool and the shooting range. Yeah. yeah it was, it's like red. It's like really cool. And, um, but then I felt that like, well, we had to do business with people who could experience it or they wouldn't get the whole missing link experience. But then what happened is this happened and the handcuffs were broken off. Like now we could do business with anyone. And so we started doing a shit ton more international work or we created a division called cloud crew, which is like online events. It's flying. Uh, I've launched a speaker mentorship program for like guys who want to grow their business with speaking. And we have people like now in Australia, UK, uh, Ireland, Alaska, Canada, other places around the US interviewed a guy the other day in um, Denver uh, we've got like guys in Mexico, like we've got all over the world now, uh, Dubai, people joining our speaker program. So like August was our best month in 18 months and September was our best month in our company history. Like it's it's been an upgrade and our expenses have gone down right. and I'm enjoying work again. It's like not shit and boring. Right, right. Well, good for you, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, glad. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I was thinking about that, like, you know, with Stoic and just in general, it, it's kind of good to get that like complacency is when we start to get shitty, you know, and it's just lazy and you lose that edge. But it's like, as soon as you get in that position where you got to fight a little bit harder, it's like, that's when you get focused, your edge gets sharper and you know, the product gets so much better. This, I mean, it's the first time I've thought of that term, but this is a sharper edge year, right? This is a year where the edge, either the edge got sharper or the edge has been completely blunted out. And I don't know if you saw, I could not believe, first of all, in your country, there's so much shit going on. There's so much distraction. Like so many people basically have spent the last 10 months uh, worrying about, even in South Africa, worrying about your elections. That's been the main topic of conversation that for the whole year. Right. Uh, worrying about COVID, like you can't do anything about it. Like, like fine, put on your mask when you leave or whatever, but there's nothing else you can do right. uh, other than being safe. So we, I turned off all of that stuff. And what's the other one? Oh, like... This, they'll look back at themselves this year and all they did is learn Jerusalem on, you know, some dance like or like did a Instagram quiz or something like it's or TikTok quiz. I think like shit, man. Future you is going to hold you accountable to right. how you behave now. Right. And I think a lot of people are going to look back and think, ah, oh, I really fucked around. Right. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's and I'm actually quite proud of what we did. Like, I think it's I think it's been cool. Yeah, you should be, man. It absolutely should be. Oh. I was yeah. anyway. I, well, on that note, I was really, I was actually really um, inspired back, you know, in March or whatever when 
the, everything kind of blew up here. Cause I saw everyone like get stoked about training at home, you know, um, regardless yeah. of using our stuff, but it just, as a greater society, there was a move like, all right, I'm going to take this opportunity to get fit and, you know, use the time well, but I don't, <laughs> I don't think that lasted, <laughs> you know, which is a bummer, but, um, you know, I'm hoping with winter folks can get remotivated and recyc. So <sighs> yeah, yeah, that's man. funny. Yeah. It's like people saw it as a stopgap, as a thing to do as a filler. Right. Do you know, this year is the first year I think in basically probably ever, I have not missed a single day of training. I exercised, I do, I take two days off a week. I exercised every, every day other than those two days. And the one time I was sick, I caught it up on the Sunday. Like it's, it's just been like a year where I thought like, well, you know, I can't, I, I actually just thought it was, again, even that was like an upgrade. Oh, for sure. What's yeah. your, uh, what's your training look like? So today I did a Thenex. Do you know Thenex at all? Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the, the calisthenics guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah they're legit. Yeah, yeah. So I, I did that. It was like lots of handstands and, um, like wall planks. You hold your legs up and things like that and, and stuff. Uh, yesterday I did a run, uh, followed by, uh, um, monkey, monkey bars Two workout from the app. I actually am redoing the challenge. Oh, cool. Okay. So I, I think I was on day 16 again. Okay. And then I normally do like, I do the 360 at least twice a week. I I've started doubling them up and I've, I popped in. So I use a double anchor for a lot of the stuff. So I put an anchor halfway and then to the top. And then I'll move. So I use, it looks like a 90 degree or a 45 degree. And I found that's quite cool and adds a lot of tension, especially for the static ones. Right. And so I've been doing that quite a bit. And then uh, uh, still lots of, and I think I said this to you last time, like jump rope. Oh, yeah. yeah so okay. my main cardio is jump, jump rope. I'm, the other Dave, uh, he just brought out a new heavy, faster swinging heavy ropes. Okay. So in the past, the heavy ropes had been quite slow on rotation and they were actually quite frustrating because you couldn't feel like you were going. Sure. So they've, they've done a better system. So now they've got heavy ropes that flow faster. So I bought a, so my main like standard jump rope now is one pound, okay. which doesn't sound like much, but when you're throwing that round for all your repetitions, so that's been really cool. Okay. And yeah, that's basically it. And so I've now just started swimming again. Okay. Nice. Okay. I've right got on. a static swimmer for the pool. Oh, okay, cool. Okay. So how's that work? Does that like push that? How's that? You stay in one place? Is it is it create kind uh, of a, a current? Yeah, yeah. There's, no, there's a there's. I match basically attach a bungee around your waist, and attach it to a tree. Okay. <laughs> climb into your pool, and so and that's literally what it is. So the 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 bungee comes down. Okay. The one I've got is like a fancy one, but I never use it. It's got a. It basically it's Bluetooth to your phone. So on your phone, it connects to the camera. It will actually analyze your stroke which I bought it thinking this is amazing. No, one day I used it and then never again. Oh. Basically for me, it's just a bungee cord, but it, it checks your pool. So it, there's a, a kind of tracker in between. Mm. So when you swim, depending on how much effort you do, it, it pulls the tension okay. and then it checks what you've done in the app and it gives you feedback afterwards. Okay. But even that, I actually, I, I used that for like a month and now I just like, well, attach it and swim. Okay. If you've got a very small swimming pool, like a pool is, is like, if I try to do lens, I'd get like two, it's like a plunge pool. Sure. Sure. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. 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 How, how does it translate you, to actual swimming? Like, do you feel like. No, it's fine. Totally fine. You, oh, really? Okay. Okay. It, I've, I've used it for ages. Even in an old house in Johannesburg, I had one and did you just swim? Okay. You just go. And after the, like, honestly, after 
the first day after two or three minutes of swimming and just realizing that you have something attached to your waist, it just feels like swimming. It just, you just keep going. Okay. The, the, you don't track turns. So the one problem is all the apps that you can get for tracking your swimming actually track how often you tumble turn. Mm. So that's the one thing is I've not found nothing can actually give me tracking data on it. Okay. But I'm also, I'm, I'm totally fine with that. All right. I'm happy just to get in my, in my reps and my numbers. Okay. Right on. And you, what's your main thing? Like, is it gym based stuff? Oh, I also use these like during the day on a balance board. Um, if you, if you do it, oh, yeah. so like I've got, and then on the balance board, I have that, but that's not really, that's, it's just like, sure. Fun. Sure. Sure. Yeah, I um I've been playing around with getting away from like, you know, a half hour, even hour long just kind of condensed workout. And just I've been doing like micro workout. I basically work out all day long, which is awesome. And I feel way better, I have more energy. And I'm essentially what I'm doing is like I'm working at this level that's non exhaustive, but I'm actually accumulating more volume than if I were to again just kind of go hard for like an hour or something like that. Um and what that means specifically is like, you know, I'm doing body weight stuff, whether it's push-ups, squats, lunges, plyos. Um, I pretty much start every day with some yoga and mobility work. I've actually been doing a lot of walking as well. I'll just, I have trail pretty much right out the back door. So I'll just, you know, do hour, hour and a half, just kind of upbeat. Is it very pace. safe there where you live? Like crime-wise and stuff? Oh, yeah. Could you just go? Yeah, I, I don't even lock my door. Yeah. I mean, oh, we're, well, we're like, yeah. essentially like the mountains are directly to the west so there's just nothing you know it's 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 a suburban it's a nice little suburban community you know um just something i don't worry about we live in a suburban community but there's cameras electric fences and security oh, guards at the gate yeah yeah like you have to you have to scan your fingerprints to get in wow to her. yeah 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 i forget how it's lucky we life, have it man yeah i just i i think yeah. that's something yeah we take for granted a lot here you know even in like you know, I lived in Washington, D.C. for a while, which is, quote, unquote, unsafe. But, man, in the States, I've rarely – I don't – I'm trying to think of a time. Like, I just – I really think we take for granted how good we have it here. So, um, but yeah, the, the biggest thing – you know, the biggest threat to me is probably, like, if a pack of coyotes, you know, try, <laughs> came after me or something like that, which has happened here. Um, a guy got attacked, like, walking down a road in Boulder. Um, which is maybe 20 miles from Denver. So I see coyotes all the time. And actually the state just passed a ballot initiative to reintroduce wolves. So we'll see how that goes. Wow. But, uh, That's badass. Yeah. So, but yeah, on the training, you know, it's like, I've, I've been doing this for maybe a couple months now and I really like 360 and pocket for it as well. Cause pocket kind of helps with the body weight and 360. There's something about, the, you can do this explosive training, but it, I can do like a shit ton of reps and I just don't, don't get sore, you know? Um, so I've really been enjoying the only that. The thing I find is I get like a bit of tennis elbow. If I, if I do, like I can feel it there. Can really? You never get that? I never get that. No. Yeah. But you're young. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> but, I don't, I, I don't get I love that. that as well. Like I love the feeling of how much you get from so little. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think one thing David and I've been talking about and just getting feedback is it, it, that that type of movement, it's not something you would do kind of in traditional training modalities. You know what I mean? There's just, I'm trying to think of, there's just not a lot of devices that require that type of movement. And I think it's something, you know, David and I were talking about how he could, 
if he was lifting weights, like, you know, barbell squats, deadlifts, he'd get super strong, but like playing with his daughter, he's like tweak your neck, you know, whereas 360, it's like, it kind of fills that gap oh, of that explosive rotational, more, more like playful even, you know? Um, so again, like getting to explore what these products are is always, it's like what we launch and then what it becomes. I think there, there's an evolution to everything, you know? Um, it's, and it just comes from using it more. So I've enjoyed that. And but. what's, I mean, I know you can't say, but what's next? Is it more of that kind of stuff? Is it, is it exercise based or is it more stoic based? Is it? Yeah, no. Um, we, I actually just got the, the prototype is in the States. Um, the designers we worked with have it. They need to like go through it and, um, make sure just, just check out the construction. But I think this week or early next week, I'll get what's next. We actually have a few things that are coming. Um, they're, they're, they're fitness based, the fitness focused. And, uh, they're, I'm, I'm really excited. Like they just, I think they fit, they fit per, they, they fill the gap in what we have and what, or what we don't have, I should say. They really fill that gap. I think their innovation, their, their innovations on, kind of similar type things, but taken to the next level. So yeah, you'll, uh, I think you'll like them, man. <laughs> awesome. And so, so when, what is the schedule? Like how often are the releases? Well, and will it always be kickstarted, never pre-order. Would it not make more sense for you guys with some of your fans to do a straight pre-order from the site? I like that. I think I told you about that. Jamie Stegmar, he moved from Kickstarter to pre-order. And he, once he built up the fan base, yeah, no, I think um, we like Kickstarter. We, we're not planning on not doing it necessarily, but I think given the right circumstances, like, hell yeah, we would do a pre-order. Because in that way, it's like, I would love to have a, you know, build this campaign and excitement around it, launch it, and then it's shipping immediately. Like, that to me would be just awesome, you know? That's so. what he does. He, he now has enough numbers to be able to... He order and then he does it in batches. Right. So that's 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 how he does it. But um, so it is nice that you order, you do your pre-order, and then like two months later you got it, which yep. is sick. Yeah. But I but I know it's difficult. I guess it depends on the price point. Like something like the Stoic, you couldn't do that. It's just too much. But maybe some of the products are maybe smaller. You could have. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, which think, is great. I think that's um that's definitely on the route. We actually have um, we have new. Pocket Monkey's coming. It'll probably be late spring or early summer, which I'm really psyched on. Just we totally redesigned it. We actually simplified it, um, which is kind of hard to believe because it was so simple. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to work it out. Yeah. How, how is that possible even? You'll see. Because it's one loop. Yeah. So it goes up. It's the, like, the only thing. No, but it couldn't, you couldn't move that loop. Okay, give us a hint. Give me give me a hint on how it can simplify. Or is it more just it still feels the same way, but it's just like it's, a meter? It's more like yeah, I mean functionally it's basically the same. We just we simplified the components, but in doing that, it's actually a it'll be a stronger, more durable, higher you know, it's just a better product. Um oh, right. so yeah, I'm I'm really happy with that. And yeah, we'll have those probably late spring, early summer, and then we kind of have like a like a monkey bars two kind of, it would be, I get, it would kind of be almost monkey bars three in a way. So that's something that we've been working on as well, which I'm super excited about. And, um, 
yeah, man. I mean, that's just what I'm, that's what excites me. You know, like that I could do all day long, every day. It's just, it's that problem solving and it's kind of like scratching my own itch in a way. Like I'm, I'm trying to make these improvements or I guess inventions, um, depending on what it is. But that to me is what gets super exciting and you know, it's where it's like that flow state, you know, and that creator fatigue is more like, I don't know, I guess if I feel more obligated, you know what I mean? So, and the workouts and stuff you do, like the Instagram workouts, do you feel obligated or is that actually, do you, I mean, you seem to be having fun. Do you actually enjoy those or is it just like also something you just work? Oh, those are, I'm doing those. I, no, those are, um, Cause you're working out. Yeah. I'm that just, kind of that's thing. just like, um, I'm already doing it. So I'm just kind of flipping on the camera. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's not, those don't, that's pretty fun. Actually, I've really enjoyed a lot more. Like I'll have this love hate relationship with social media, but I've really enjoyed like, you know, kind of going back and forth with guys like Brock with the Arctic monkey Earl up in, uh, Lofoten, Norway. I actually stayed at his place for, um, a week back in 2017. That's a beautiful area. Oh, is that when you went on the trip? That I went out there before the trip, yeah, to scout it out. So I stayed with him. But, is there uh, nothing about another trip coming up? Is, no, you never like is it just too hectic and not not worth it. What, what I would like to do instead of we talked about having it be like a business, right? Like do these adventure travel, but it's not as fun. When you're leading it, it's not as fun because you got to like be the shepherd. You know what I mean? But I'm on a, I'm an advisor and this business is called, um, don't go dot travel. And he basically says, stop traveling unless you want to do something. And it's basically, uh, he's based in Boulder and in Colorado. I'll show you. I'll send you. Yeah. He's a, he's a, he's a good guy. Really nice. And he's basically wants to create purposeful travel. I'll show you, send you the link. Don't go dot travel. And, um, don't go dot travel. And I sent him your episode with Derek Sivers. Oh, cool. My hero as well, because so much of what you guys discussed around like the purpose of travel was what he's trying to build his entire business around. Okay. And it's like, like a whole thing. And yeah, he, uh, it, he also, so I'm hoping it'll be, he worked with EO and Topner's organization and he was like, we use the word retrenched. I suppose you would just say laid off. Okay. Um, uh, like, and it ended up being, he'd been talking about this with me since I was in, uh, I was with him in Toronto last year, October. And it was like, okay, well shit, I've got to do it now. And it's a weird time to start a travel business, but you know, you got to do the work now. Right. When the gates open, you want to be hitting the ground running. So He's just, he's just, just, just kicking out and starting, uh, like, yeah, you can, um, and he's creating these personas of travel people and what they're trying to do and stuff. Yeah. Oh, right on. He's a good guy. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah. So that's, that's it. But, um, I thought it was cool. It's like, I would just love to, if you guys, I feel like if you created something, people would just come like I would travel halfway around the world to go do a cool thing for like, uh, be out of my, like out of my comfort zone. Well, I think what I would, people would, yeah. Well, and what I would do is I don't think I'd even make it like a for-profit thing. It would just be like, Hey monkeys, 
we're going to meet at this lat long, you know, at midnight on this day, bring your, bring this, this, and this boom, let's go, you know, get, get there. Like that to me would be rad. That's all right. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's all right. Actually, I've got cool. there's this uh, I there's this one I want. Imagine wanted. a fulfillment if you want to early get early fulfillment. Right, right, yeah, exactly. Uh, Seth Godin once he had these copies of this book. It was in a milk carton, and I tried had tried to buy them on pre-order. And okay. by the time I woke up in South Africa, it was sold. So I mailed him. I said, "Hey, man, is there no way I can buy these?" He said, "I tell you what, where are you?" I said, "Cape Town." He said, "Well, I was in Joburg at the time," and he said, "I'm running a session in my office." uh in a week if you come i'll give you one myself all right so i i got on a plane to new york and i flew there to the little <laughs> dobbs ferry in new york city and i got my book but like make it hard for people and people like do it like if you want to get we made 10 prototypes right they're available for 10 of you you come to this that long at this time bring this and you'll get your prototype people would do it oh yeah well and it's like it's just man the people that would show up for that i know would be rad to hang out with so uh yeah, there's this one. I, I've got a few concepts. One was like, uh, there's a wilderness up in Montana. It's actually pretty close to where David lives, um, who's other half a monkey. But yeah. Uh, yeah, you can hike in to this wilderness. It's like maybe 20, 30 miles, and then planes can land there. So I was thinking, like, we could hike in there or like have everyone meet at this meadow. Plane shows up, drops off rafts, and you can whitewater raft out of the wilderness back into, you know, that would be. That'd be a good time, man. Have you ever done uh, whitewater rafting with a with a uh, kickboard? No, I've done it on. Um, well, I guess yeah, like a boogie board. Yeah. So I did. Yeah, I did the Zambezi that way. Really? You, yeah, yeah. So you do it it's like these proper badass grade rapids. Okay. And then they give you the option to jump out the board, uh, out the boat, and rather do the rapids on these things. So you swim, put on flippers, you swim, and you grab it okay. for the straight bits. And then you go through the rapids like this. It's like crocodiles and shit. It's rad. It is uh, amazing. Well, maybe we should you do that one. Staff for a Christmas function. Yeah. The Zambezi is incredible. I don't know if you've ever checked the Victoria Falls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's quite magnificent. That's uh, next level wildness. <laughs> yeah, we're actually going for a wedding again next year. So it'll be my first time my wife's been. So okay. Be okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did you listen? Yeah. You mentioned Seth Godin. Did you listen? He was just on um, uh, Lewis Howes. He was on, was it Ferris or Howes that he was just on? This week. He was on Tim Ferris. Somebody sent me a link. I've got to open okay. again last week. Gosh, I, oh, yeah. You, that may not be it. I listened to him on um, Lewis Howes' podcast, The um, School of Greatness. It was, I don't know how old it was, but it was a really good episode, man. I really enjoyed it. Um, so I'll check it out. I actually had him. He's one of the mentors in our story to stage program, which really? is cool. Okay. Yeah. So I dropped him a mail and I was like, Hey man, this is, this is a thing we'd met a few times when I was at his office. We okay. both spoke together at Ted in 2005. Okay. And, and I was like, this is my pitch. And I asked him, I said, I just need exactly 10 minutes. And I, these are the two questions I want to ask. I said, I totally understand that you're busy and because he always responds, but like if it's, a, I said, if there's no need to do anything explanation. If it's no, just say the words no. If it's yes, just book, just book here. And I set up a link for exactly 10 minutes in my diary on that diary link I sent you. Right. And um, like the mail went through at like half past nine or whatever. And five minutes later, I got two messages back. One was my calendar thing and the other was I'm in. Cool. And that was it. And he right. jumped on and he did like, he answered those questions and he took my, my speakers through what he thinks about being a purple cow and standing out and these things. And sure. yeah, it was rad. 
Right on, it's amazing. You just ask people. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I, I, I don't know. Maybe I have a brain damage from playing contact sports, but I've never been shy about asking. You know, I, I, I guess I don't have a problem getting told no. You know, and it's Absolutely. and that's how it's, Derek it's, came it on the show. Means, you know, yeah. But, oh, that was a great episode. That yeah, guy, I really, yes, sir. I really enjoyed chatting with him. He. uh He's been a big influence and on from us, what I can sure. understand, I like this, even to say, I'm trying to find Seth. I'm on this Lewis Hose guy. I've never seen him before. I've never even listened to the show before. It's pretty good. It's some of it. It's not particularly my style, but he has some pretty good business ones that I've enjoyed. Right. Um, I'll check him out for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah like, I, I could, I could really give a crap. Like if you ask somebody and they say no, in fact, most people don't even say no. Oh, there, there it is. They just don't bother answering. Right. Uh, which is weird. I feel like have the have the courage to say no. Right. Uh, like I, I I like the idea. Like I had to learn it a while ago. That um, instead of saying like, oh, I can't. Who was it? Was it Derek Sivers? Maybe maybe it feels like a Sivers. Well, it's hell hell yes or like, no, right? Yeah, hell yes or no. Stop giving people an explanation for why you're not doing something. Like don't say to them. Oh shit! I, I can't do it. I'm really, really just snowed under with work. And they say, "Okay, well, I'll wait." Right. No, but actually, what I meant is, I don't want to do it. I right, don't right. want to speak to you. Right. Just to run and say, "No, this is not for me." And it's so weird because people ask me to be on their podcasts and do things like this quite a bit, and and sometimes like it's so many. Like this, I, I'm pretty much on a podcast every day. Like something happens like this, and and it's and it's rad. But then sometimes you just want to say like. Um, no, I don't want to, I don't, I don't, and I just said, like, I just don't think I'm right for your audience, but thank you. Sure. And I feel like such a shit. And then they just mail you back and like, Hey, really appreciate that. Thanks for getting back to me. And I realized like all the people that I've mailed who didn't say no, no would have been nice. No, is so better than I give, I give so little shit to your email that I'm not going to bother even responding with a, like a no emoji. Right. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. There's, there's no there's no harm in uh, uh, just reaching out to people. Yeah, when I think on this program, I've been doing it a lot. Oh yeah, when I think people just appreciate genuine honesty, whether it's you know the answer you wanted or not. I think just the honesty is what people appreciate. I wanted to ask you the calendar you use. How like how strict and how rigid is that? So just for context, I, I'm recording this by the way. Um, I should have uh, told you that sorry. when we okay. started. <laughs> But uh, I thought that's what I was wondering when you did a shout out to uh, then I would have sworn. I no, no, I, I've got the explicit, man. I, I don't. Hey, man, there's no we're a free speech uh, platform here. Um, uh, OK, cool. So I, yeah. I was waiting for the Zoom recording. Thing, yeah, sorry, man. I should have told you at the beginning. <laughs> um, no, but I, I just I like I appreciate you know, sometimes it's like, all right, we're doing a podcast. It's like, so rich, how, what can you tell me about your, you know, well, thank you, Dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just, I have, I think people appreciate just kind of the more, uh, a conversation, but I wanted to ask, cause I, when I saw your calendar for the, for setting up this, I was like, gosh, he's really got this thing like dialed. So is, is that a pretty rigid thing for you or? What do you mean? Having my, the calendar system. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got that calendar that's got, you know, it was, Rich, rich is free. Rich is booked. You know, is that a pretty yeah. rigid platform you stick to? Yes, but a lot of the time I'm busy, and this isn't about having some kind of illusionary of look how busy I am. A lot of the time in my diary is like if you go three years in the future, it will still look like I'm that busy because I've divided my day into three. It's create, 
curate and communicate. So okay. I only have a little bit of my diary at any given day left open to speak to people uh, because some like just by virtue of my work, I've got to be reading certain shit and doing certain things. Then I've got to be uh, uh, creating like it could be articles I've got to write or talks or things. And then or I could be uh, like having meetings. Right. So my assistant has already diary blocked most of like the time based on what I have to do. OK. And so that just fills in the gaps. But I've been blown away. Have you heard of Woven? W-O-V-E-N. I have not. It's a it's a new calendar app that I've been looking at, and I'm really blown away by the way it works because you could I could like have just set you up with you. I could look at my diary, and even though there's a it looks like there's not a gap there, like it might be it might say lunch, uh, I could still drag in that and make that time available for you. So the the generic Vite link I could send to anybody, but then I could say, well, I want to chat to Dan. So let me drop in these three links there mm. and then share that with you. It can all, it's got like also those polls like Calendly, um, but it's really, really powerful. It picks up exceptions. It notifies you if you've been double booked. I'm really, really blown away by it. I've only been playing with it a week. Okay. Right on. But yeah. Right on. Yeah. yeah. How, how'd you come up with the... Kind of move the friction. Right. Exactly. Yeah. How'd you come up with the, it's create, curate, communicate. How'd you come up with that? Well, so that's uh, everything we do. We try to like, you know, if you follow rhetoric or rhetoric, the, everything we do is to explain to people that you should try and think in microscripts, try and think in language that people will easily remember. Uh, so as a speaker, I'm always trying to like share stuff like that. Like, uh, if you if you if you say one sentence one way, like if I talk to people about our public speaking program, I could say to you, you know, you can earn money when you're getting your speaker fee, but you can also make money after the gig when people hire your company. But instead, I say you can either earn your fee for a talk or you can earn your fee from a talk. That is a microscript that feels good. So I always try and craft language. So I know, like I've got time that I curate and read. So it's researching time. Then there's time for. Uh, uh, um, research and then it's time for uh, actually creating the work and then it's time for meetings right and so i just want that that tricolon like the three c's i just wanted to try and make sure that that happened and so then i i, I try widgy wadgy it in sure. it's probably not like uh, but i like maybe try force it a little bit but it's easier for me it's the way my brain works i like to be thinking in those things right on yeah right on yeah well it's like you with the monkeys right it's like you create language that people can associate with oh yeah Oh yeah. Gotta get that monkey yeah. session. <laughs> Dude, yeah, exactly. But that's what it is. That's how I think about it at home. Like that is how people think about it. It's not like training. Like I'm doing a monkey session now. Like that's what's happening. Right. Yeah. Right. Did you ever, can I ask you this at the beginning, did you ever like find yourself thinking, I'm, I'm going to commit to this. Like I'm going to say monkey for everything, but in your head, you're thinking, I wonder if people are going to take to it. Like, am I just going to commit through all the, I'm just going to like own it. I'm going to call everyone monkey. And if they don't like it, they can go buy like something else. I, I believe how it started was, I can't remember if I was referencing myself as, Hey, what's up? It's monkey Dan here. You know, whatever. I, th I think that's for sure. True. But what the, the impetus for it being like, yes, this is like company policy was someone had sent an email saying, Hey, it's monkey. John just had a question about blah, 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 blah. We're like, Holy shit. People are, <laughs> yes, speak, monkeys. people are speaking back in our our language they're speaking monkey so as soon as that happened it was like so like why the hell wouldn't we do that so that was kind of the the impetus and the origin of that but 
you know, it's cool, man. I think it's like another Sivers thing. It's like happily exclude. You know, I think I could see people like, what? Like, I don't want to, like, don't talk to me like that or whatever. But I think just the, the community we're creating is just people that think differently. I think about fitness and life in general, we're definitely not like a kind of, you know, your standard gym fitness equipment yeah, company, yeah, like, you know, like a beach body or something like that. So we didn't have, we were actually intentionally trying not to be, you know, yeah, well, totally. I can't remember if we spoke about this last time, but in, I, I always use this term. Like I, I, I use it a lot with speakers, but just in general, the idea in our business. So people would walk into my company, like we pay for, we pay for our clients tattoos and we pay for our staff tattoos. Now we're a presentation company. It makes no sense, but like, whatever, like that's what we do. Like we, we, we have tattoo artists come in and we're called missing links. So we call it missing ink. And then we tattoo them. And like, my theory was that they'll forget a company that gives them a brand of pen, but they're never going to forget a company that tattoos them. So I years ago realized that being the best, we won all of these awards for like in our industry and nobody cared. Like nobody actually cares that you won some arbitrary award by Prezi for a template you've designed. And I understood that being the best at something is less important than being the favorite. Right. And if you can be people's favorite thing, the best becomes an arbitrary measurement. Right. And then I realized that if you, if you want to be somebody's favorite something, you need to be willing to be somebody else's worst. To back to the point you said about Derek. Right. And most people aren't willing. They're willing to be somebody's favorite, but they're unwilling to be somebody's worst. And they don't polarize ruthless, ruthlessly enough. Sure. And I think that's like problematic. I think that like should be you should revel in who you can piss off. Right. And I don't mean that in a, in a to be an asshole. I just mean like it's okay. Like not everybody has to like you. My wife is an artist, and she sent me a screenshot of somebody who said, "Hey," and somebody had sent a, a, a message to somebody who said. Uh, do you like her art? And this person came back and said, no, I don't. And I said, are you okay? He's like, what do I care? Somebody doesn't like my art. Like I didn't paint it for him. Sure. Like it's just such a, she's completely and utterly unfazed. Right. In fact, probably empowered by the fact that somebody doesn't like it. Like otherwise she'd be in hotels. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like, if you don't ever get that negative feedback, it's like, I don't know. I kind of like it as fuel in a weird way sometimes. Not that I'm trying to necessarily like appease the naysayer, but I don't know. There's something about like, if you're just told you're awesome all the time, not that that happens to me, but you just, you, again, you lose that edge, I think. So the critical feedback is always appreciated for anyone listening. I don't know what's happening between my light going down and this weird. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. Like, that's cool. Got a little shade <laughs> yeah, I don't going know what's on. Going on but um, yeah, we got this is bizarre. Um, dude, I, I absolutely agree with that. I think it's, um, but it is a thing and it, it does go to go back to you about the sharpening the edge thing. Right. Uh, you do need the negatives. Have you had any proper haters? Like has anyone? Oh, for sure. Have you ever pissed? Mainly like, Kickstarter backer. There's been like a handful oh, of Kickstarter oh, backers that just, yeah, for being delayed, which I, I get, you know, um, we fucked up, but, no, uh, I absolutely do not get <laughs> that at all. Then wait for things to be in a shop. Like it's, yeah. it's a ridiculous thing. Like you actually don't get that. I, I, I don't understand people. Oh, this is taking too long. Shame, bro. Right. You shouldn't have gone onto Kickstarter. Right. It's on every page on every term. I don't understand it. Like I understand you've got to be nice about it. I think it's, it, ridiculous but don't your other backers usually jump in and defend yeah no it's certainly the exception rather than the norm but i just you know for i like to 
just on a person, just is like a, you know, integrity thing. I like to deliver on what I say on. So it's like, you know, we're, we're putting our best guess out there, you know, or, you know, basically what the manufacturer telling us, but when things get delayed, it's like, you can't help but take it personally so in, in a way. So yeah, but yeah. So <laughs> it's so funny though, because like, and I, I, like I've mailed you a few times about some silly things like a drawstring and, and I actually don't want to complain anymore. Cause if I complained about a drawstring bubble, on a pocket monkey, you'd send me a drawstring, a bubble, and a new pocket monkey. I'm like, like, I just asked if I could buy it. You, but you're like, so you guys are so hardcore on it's got to be perfect that the amount of love you gain relative to the hate has to be so far beyond. Like, it has to be so out of sync. I would imagine. Yeah, no, well, I think that's like you know the whole monkey pact is. We recognize that people are essentially taking a risk on these concepts that we're presenting. So we want to, we, we really want to like just treat the, treat the monkeys and the backers with respect and, and do them right. You know, in which, you know, that's where, again, just reflecting back on the stoke, it's like, yeah, you know, we could have been a lot more engaged with that, but yeah, just as a company and a brand, just again, on like a personal level, we want to, you know, because a lot of people that are buying our products, supporting us, coming back to Kickstarter multiple times, or they're friends and a lot of people are friends and family. So it's like we got to treat, you know, someone, some some random guy in South Africa <laughs> as well as like, you <laughs> know, be that guy. Yeah, yeah, no, we got to treat everyone like they're, you know, our, our family. So that's um, that's just something we've we've had from the beginning. And, you know, it's like, yeah, we've we definitely it, it's there's a cost to it, but the end result is, is worth it for sure. So, yeah. Is it still the three of you? So it's, so myself and David were 50, 50 partners in the company. And then we have monkey Kim. She is a wild woman up in Northern Minnesota. Like she's just, she's wild. She's like 100% monkey. And, um, she, it would be, she, like I see in the comments and things like this and everybody knows her. Yeah. yeah. Like I've liked that you brought her into the podcast and yeah, she's, brought her in and her question and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, she, she's just like, she was such a seamless fit. And, um, so yeah, it's just three of us and you know, Kim's she's, she's not like full time. Like she's doing this. It's, it's a part-time thing for her. So it's like, but if, if you didn't know, it seems like, it seems like she's at the helm, just Absolutely. ready to rock constantly. But, um, yeah, we're going to just keep needing her more and more. So Kim shout out. Wouldn't we wouldn't be here without you? So, thank you. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Do you wanna, I mean, I just because now I know you're recording. I don't. You mentioned we were going to chat about the family retreat. Yes, thing, but we can also like skip that. I don't know. I don't know if you want to go into it. Well, so the um, so just a little context. So Rich and I had chatted. I can't remember if it was the last time or the time before that. But you'd mentioned like you had this family mission. That's what you're talking about, right? Yeah, a credo. Or a yeah, you 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 have yeah. this family credo or mission or mission statement. You know, it can you can call it whatever you want, but it's essentially like this statement that kind of guides you in your decisions. Is that a fair fair way to yes, describe and it? Yes, and our behaviors with each other, right? Like how we choose to act around each other, and yeah, like that's like it's a it's a big deal for us. 
like to be to be part of something and that was like a like a, we wanted to create something that would galvanize our family that wasn't created by me that was done by by all of us and that was the the impetus for doing it yeah and um, i don't know there's a guy an american guy his name is warren rustant and he's was like a pro basketball player he worked in the white house he's like just the most incredible human being i've ever I've, probably one of the most incredible human beings I've ever met. And um, he, he said this line, he said, your success is only important when measured against your potential. And like this line put a chain reaction of thoughts and ideas in my head. And one of the things that he taught us was the idea of like, have you, you create all of these tools in your life, like in your business, but you don't have any of them in your life, like a mission statement or values or things for your family. And uh, I was like, no, this is this is true. So we went away on five retreats over the course of a year, two years ago. And we we, saw, we worked out like what was important to us, what, what mattered, what we did, we came up with this whole formula for doing it. Like we used phrases like, um, it means a lot to me when, or I really dislike it when, and we all filled out these forms as myself and Jazz and the kids. And at the end of it, we compiled this whole big thing and we created this, this credo that's actually like printed up in the wall there right as you walk in our front door and it's rad man it's like an exercise i think more people should do i don't understand how we have we take all of this time to do a strategy and to set goals for our businesses but we don't sit down with our the, you know the people that's supposed to matter the most like we all say it all our family first but we de definitely don't act like that's the truth sure and so that's what we wanted to do can you do you mind sharing it do you mind sharing what it is? No, not at all. Let me just grab it and I'll okay. read it to you exactly. Okay. Um, uh, so, yeah, so we did, we did the, and I've done these for, like, I've got, I've written for my personal, my health, uh, my, my finance, but like, so our family one, so it says, as members of the Malhuligan clan, we commit to respect the needs of the whole, but also the individuals in it. Our differences are celebrated, our voices are heard. We seek to understand without judgment and promise to be the champions of each other's dreams. The crazier, the better. We'll love unconditionally, play unapologetically, and laugh unashamedly. And we'll do that together forever. And that's the thing. And it came up with all of these terms and words and things that mattered and and stuff. And, and then after that, I wrote my own one. So I did my own health one, and I did my own... Um, just general personal life one that I wanted to do. Right. And we don't actually have one of those for our business. Like uh, we don't have like a mission statement. We just want to like help people suck less in public, but, <laughs> but like it's relatively simple, but um, for the family, I, like I, I thought, I thought it was worthwhile. Oh, hell yeah. Well, have you like, I remember when you mentioned it, it was such like a, God damn, that's such a great idea. Like, you know, why don't they teach you that in school or whatever? But um, have you ever considered making that like a course or something like creating an infrastructure for people to do that on their own? You know, I wrote a blog post with all the steps of it okay. that I posted on Ghost, my Ghost blog. But then I ended up like canceling Ghost and the blog post was gone. Oh, so I have it somewhere written in the whole every step we did, everything. And we would never sell it like I would give it away to anybody who wanted it like they could pick me on LinkedIn or something and I'll, I'll send it all to them. Like if they, if they want to, there's absolutely no problem. And I'll, I, if I find it, I'll send you a link. I don't know if you have a, like a doc you can link to in the show notes or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah I can. Uh, with, with pleasure. Well, like I broke down every step that we did. Uh, what I would say though, is that it's important to take the thing and then make it work for your family. Right. 
and my kids were at the time, so Callum is 17, so he, he would have probably been 15, and then Bailey would have been 10 or 11. That was okay. like the ages. But I know another friend who took our format and did it, and his kids were like six and eight. Okay. And perfectly. Cool. Um, Warren Rustan says he does it with the kids and then he did it when the grandkids come in and then they relook it every year and they ask if it's still relevant and then they like if they want to tweak it or change it they will yeah yeah well I think that's something like I was listening to uh, it was the founder of Whole Foods and he's he had this really good point of like I change my mind all the time like if you're not changing your mind or at least reevaluating and making sure that your current trajectory still makes sense based on you know, your current situation, whatever. So I like that kind of taking the time to figure out where you want to go now, but then, you know, every year or six, whatever it is, kind of reevaluating and making sure you're still on course. But that's you know? what, I mean, I hate to say like, and absolutely not to plug my book, but my first book, Legacite, was about why legacy thinking is a silent killer of innovation. And it works under the premise that innovation doesn't happen when you start doing something new. It happens when you stop doing something old. And in established organizations, too often, because when we start a business, you try to solve a problem. But then you go into business for a while and you end up getting into a phase where you make more money, but all you're doing is you're refining your solution. Right. <laughs> and, and you need to move from, uh, like businesses go from solving problems to refining solutions. And every now and then you got a sense check that you're still solving a problem that matters. Because if you're not, a lot of businesses are become really, really, really hyper efficient at solving a, a problem that nobody gives a shit about. Sure, sure. And that's problematic. And, and Legacy basically goes through that idea that I think is what kills progress in your business is that we're constantly asking why, like what should we do next or what's cool uh, or why doesn't this exist? But we don't ask why did we do this in the first place and does that problem, is it still worth solving? Sure. Like we should be retiring stuff. Again, like I, I don't know what it would be in you guys' case, but there were certain things that maybe like the original, the first time you set out to do the original, like my, my original monkey bar, uh, uh, the, I don't, the OG one. Do you have the like OGs, the these ones. guys? Yeah, totally, totally. I've got, yeah, totally. Absolutely. I've got those with the blue cap. Okay, nice. Yeah, so I've got the blue cap ones. It looks sick. But like, um, I, you know, you, the first purpose was, oh, we wanted to feel natural, like nature and things. And that was the problem we're solving. So that's why we wanted to do it. But then you go forward, you realize, well, actually, what we really wanted to solve is make it easier for people to train outside. And if that was a hindrance to making it easier, then you got to let that shit go and then move on to something else. Because the problem you're actually trying to solve is train anywhere not um train with trees right. so like you know you like you got to decide on that and and i think that's absolutely like to that whole foods guy example you've got to move on and evolve and, and change the way you look at things sure sure how many books have you written yeah. i've written two full-length books okay so legacy the first one okay. which I, i'm rewriting again like i I think it. I think it's pretty good. Like I'm, I'm going to send you a copy. Okay. Uh, I think you should check it out. Yeah. Like uh, I, I think I'm curious to see what you think. Uh, but, yeah. Well, uh, let me link it as yeah, well. So let me link it to the monkeys. Thanks, man. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Sure. That'd be amazing. Yeah. And then Boredom Slayer, which is on presenting, on my my like the years of the tips I've learned is years as a public speaker. Okay. And then I've written one recently called Story Seller, which is about using story specifically in sales interaction and why business people are so bad at it. Okay. Uh, and uh, that, that one is a, like a small, I mean, that's like a 40 page short little book that you could download for free and read. Cool. Uh, but I, but I, it was weird. I like, I thought about it and I, I carried on writing. I thought like, I've said enough here. I think it's, I think it's fine. 
Sure. And so that's that's what it is. Okay. But I'm now that I've been we run these facilitations on it. I've been doing it more. I think okay, maybe there's maybe maybe it should be double the length. So I think I might actually flesh it out over the holidays when I'm relaxing and 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 double that one up. Okay. And then the one that I interviewed you on that I'm working on is called Less to the Power of More. Right. It's okay. how to build a bigger life than with less. Okay. And to understand what your enough is in every metric. Uh, so that you know when to stop paying attention to one thing and start moving to something else. Right. Like, okay, so to just because why not? I was I was doing, I mentioned to you that I used the, the, the cross ropes and I was doing the double unders and I had this challenge to be able to do 100 double unders. And I was doing the first talk, in-person talk I did recently. I was chatting to this guy about it. And he said, oh, cool. So you've hit the 100. That's amazing. He said, now you're going for 150. I was like, no, why am I going for 150? Like there's no, for me, that metric that I said was like, that was my enough in double unders. Anything beyond that, like I could be working on being good at something else. Right. And I know like maybe as a, as a maybe sports person for you, that's nonsensical. Like, yeah, you should be pushing further. You should be doing it. But for me, like, no, man, if I can hit a hundred double unders, that's, that's my enough there. Now I'd like to rather, I want to get my uh, pull-ups oh, nice. uh, work on that. And so like that, or I want to be able to do muscle-ups. And right. like, so yeah, so my energy has shifted. And I think most people don't bother defining their enough. They don't know what their victory condition is. So they don't know when to stop uh, progressing. Right. Right. When it's like, I think for fitness, especially it's like past that kind of 80% of, you know, genetic potential. It's like the, it's such, it takes so much time to get so little return, you know, return. you just hit that yeah. asymptote and it's like, man, so no, I'm with you, man. I, I, I've definitely shifted to like the good enough from like a performance and fitness level. I just, I like being able to do a lot of different stuff, man. I like being able to like run far or, you know, be strong or whatever. You know, I like being like 80% good at a lot of things. That's kind of what I'm into. Totally. So totally. And 80% is a good number, right? It's a great number, man. It's not like you're trying to be like 20%. Yeah. Like it's still, it's still good. And there is room for some people to be, and I think we can all pick one thing that we want to be like, Olympic level good at. Sure. I want to be, I like years ago, I thought like I bought a fancy car and then I drove down the road and then I saw some other guy in a fancier car and I was like, this is bullshit. And then I realized in the Olympic games of being rich, like I'm not going to make any team, sure. no matter how well I do in my life. Like the, the, there's people that I'm not making any teams. And I thought, okay, what do I want to make win the Olympics in? And I thought, like, presentation theory, my tiny little nerdy corner of the world. So it's not like building a bigger business is less important than amplifying my authority in a position. And so, like, that shifted everything for me. So I think it's cool to be good to want to be, like, something in one area. Right. But for everything else, I want to be, like, pretty good at the stuff I love. Yeah. What? Yeah. I, I, like, I, I want to beat you at board games. <laughs> right. Do you, like play, do you play chess? <laughs> I play tech, which is a slightly more modern variation. Okay. It's it's a, a it's a very tactical game, so that's my closest chess-ish game. Okay. But okay. I did just absolutely consume the Queen's Gambit. Yeah, I, we just finished it last night, man. Yeah, great. I, I was in the chess club in like maybe third or fourth grade in my elementary school. Me too. And uh, I always enjoyed it, you know, but I haven't played for years, so it's like I'm like watching this, like man, I could be down I for some chess. chess. Man. My problem with chess now is that it's it's like a it's like a sport, right? Where sure. If you're not really good and you don't know all the things and the moves, it's not like just like pick up and. I mean, I guess it is, but it it feels to me like I don't want to just pick it up and mess around. 
Right. Whereas, like, on, Onitama is, I think, like, everybody should have Onitama as a game. Uh, like, I pair with my kids, I pair with my wife, I pair with anybody. Like, it's a really great O-N-I-T-A-M-A. It's a really, oh. really cool little two-player game. It's so smart. It's so elegant in its design. And basically, you've just got five pieces, and they move according to one of two cards you have available. But every time you make a move, you have to make that card available for the opposition. So you might have a good move that you can do, but if you do it too early, you're giving them that good move later in the game. Okay. And it just cycles. I could teach it to you in like two or three minutes. Okay. And I'm looking it's at it incredible. right now. So that one's great. And then TAK, T-A-K. T-A-K. That is probably my favorite abstract chess style game of all time. Okay. I absolutely love it. Okay. Yeah. Let me look at this real quick. But yeah, so like I want to be good at those. Things. I want to be good at all of them. That's why I've got like a thousand games behind me because I just want to play all the games. Tack. Is it so tack board? It's T-A-K, right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, like on Amazon, there would be like there's a couple of editions there you can definitely find. Come on, internet. Oh, here we go. Okay, yeah, it, <laughs> it does look very chess-esque. Okay, I'll have to check it out. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's super rad. And it's like so accessible. Like you learn it in a few minutes okay. and the games are quick. Okay. So you don't mind because you sit down, you play and you could lose like, you could lose in like technically one, two, three, four, five moves if you're playing the court game, you know, like you could theoretically lose that quickly, but usually you're going to be playing for like 15, 20 minutes. Okay. And then you just like set it up and go again. Right. Yeah. It's, it's super rad. It's very cool. Like if you, if you had that chess itch after watching Queen's Gambit but didn't want to get in going like hard into chess, Onatama or okay. Tech would be okay. where I would say. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess, yeah. you know, chess is kind of like – it'd be like playing – what would be a good example? It'd be like playing one-on-one basketball. Like if, if, you're, if it's me playing against Michael Jordan, it's not right. fun for either of us. You know, you kind of got to be like – close to equally skill. amateur yeah yeah exactly yeah it's like hey you've got to handicap yourself right right, right. whereas like, i played yeah. oh no please continue <laughs> no i was gonna say like i played against uh, in high school a guy I played dungeons and dragons with okay we uh he also played chess okay and so we'd occasionally play chess but he was like where i stopped playing chess when i was younger sure he was like in the chess club and it wasn't a game it was just an embarrassment. So right. it was just like I was doing things. And so he, he was so good. He put me off. He, he thought in like moves and openings and things. And I just thought, and hey, this looks like a, so like I basically not played it. I played variations of chess. I've got a very cool card, card game version of um, chess, but I've not played actual chess in years. And again, I, I'm like obsessed with games. I right. play them all the time. Right. Yeah. I'm scared of chess. What what are your thoughts on video games? I want to like them so much. I want like my my son loves them and I want to play with them and I try my best and they just lack I just like even so if I have a board game and there's a solo version of a board game on my phone and I could just sit and play it and I download it and buy it and then I think no and I go and take the board off and I set up the pieces. I just don't get the feedback. So I have a Switch, a okay. Nintendo Switch that I'll occasionally use okay. for fun, but mostly it tended to be like I'd go through a phase. But other than like I just I just can't get into it. I, I want to get into it. Like I, I fantasize about it. Like it would be so cool if I could like sit down <laughs> and sit with my son and play games and more, and I just don't enjoy it. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm not taking away from anyone. I just can't get it. Yeah, no, I, 
you know, as a younger kid, it's like we never had it. So it's like I'd go to friends and play like Mario or whatever. Like it was fun and exciting. But once we got one, it was exciting for a couple of days. But I don't know. I just I I've noticed that it's the tactile feedback. And then same thing with actually um, with a Kindle, like reading on a Kindle. I don't enjoy it as much as like the, a physical book. You know what I mean? We can no longer be friends. Um, <laughs> and if you stop this recording, I think the Kindle is the greatest invention ever. <laughs> like I, I love my Kindle. Okay. I think that would be that would be like that would be the last thing to go. I think I could get rid of my phone maybe first. Okay, let me let me provide a nuanced uh, context to that. I read with it. I don't, I think it's useful. I like it at night. Reading. I like to read before I go to bed. I sleep great. Me too. My wife turns off the lights. And, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I love it for that. What I don't like is, cause I usually read books like at least maybe two or three times cause it takes me that much to digest it. I like physically being able to go through a book. That's the difference. And I, I don't know. I can't you use the, Readwise. I just, no, I just use my Kindle. I don't know. I don't. Okay. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to try this with something with just one book, okay. like just for fun. Okay. Okay. And then and just, to, just to see how it works for you. And I want to know about it. So Readwise, what it does, what I like. So I use, I have reading, so I read mostly fiction. Like I've read about 60 books this year, but probably 50 of them are fiction, right? Okay. Like I love fiction. I love, I think well-researched fiction is a lot of fun. But Readwise, what it does is it takes your Kindle highlights and it cycles them back. So if you, uh, if you see, here, so every morning, as part of my morning routine, um, you'll see here. So I open this up, and then there's my Readwise app. And you'll actually see, it will say, oh, if I can get this right. Okay. It'll say that I've, so there. So then it it's recycles highlights Got of it. books I've read. And then you can also do things like, I see there's one here. Right. So... I wanted to remember the word epistemology. Okay. So I highlight it and it's, and I said, teach it to me. So it brings this back to me like every two or three days and it hides the word. And I've got to remember this. The, and so every morning I go through five random highlights from every book I've ever read on my Kindle. Okay. The cool thing about Readwise though, is if you hadn't, one, you can add manually. So if you're reading a book and you just want a way to remember things, like you said, you just input your text automatically into Readwise and it will serve it back to you. And then the other cool thing is even if you don't want to do that, then just tell it the book you read. And it uses the aggregate of the the book, the highlights that most people thought were really cool in that book and it sends those to you. Okay. So you can add books that you haven't done. Okay. But I like that. I like that. So I add notes into there and I use the closed bracket tagging and then i input them into room research okay you use one no Jeez. <laughs> damn man i'm gonna blow your mind here so well so let me let me show you this how this works so check this um what's it rome um r-o-a-m okay. okay so if you see so i'm now here's my um where is this it's, it's an app one. right rome app it's Rome actually research. a website. It's called Rome yeah. Research. Okay, okay, I'm on So it. if I go there, what will happen? And you can see there's like a whole bunch of stuff and it's all tagged. Now I can click on a person and any conversation I've had with that person is now links. But then what I could do is if I go to there, I could maybe see here, I added, um, I read this this morning. Um, Thank you for arguing. It's actually an incredible book, by the way, if you okay. want to read. So then you can go and you can see the highlights as I've added them. And then you can see the notes. 
that I've added to any of these things. So you'll see, let me just try to find one where I've added a specific note from my Kindle. So probably here an enthymeme. Now you can go to rhetoric there, and then you can see all the notes from which I've added that. Then you can see that I've added this in this discussion. So I built that story around that. So what it does, and I think this is pretty cool. This is now the graph of my notes. That's how connected they all are. So all the, <laughs> everything, like every bit of content I put in is connected to another bit of content. And it just like, you can see these relationships between information. So I could have a chat to you like this program we were creating. I just tag anything at any given time when I think about something I want to add to the program, any idea, and this becomes an idea trap. And it just catches the ideas. And then when I'm ready, for example, to write a module, I can go back into, I don't know, whatever, like say create collateral. And then I can find all the content that I made and tag for that. And then the specific pages, any other little bit of information I found around it. And I all do that only from just dumping a note. Like I watched this guy's talk and I, I reviewed it. So then it's like under all of these things. So any given time later, and this is all automated, you can just add it in there. This program integrates so beautifully with my Kindle and it just levels up. It's like having um, augmented intelligence, which is better than artificial intelligence. It just makes you smarter. Oh, absolutely. No, this is, we should, uh, we might need to do this more often because there's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of good shit. <laughs> I got, I'm just, I'm so like, I, I don't want to say I'm resistant to tech, but I'm just not, you know, I'm focused more on just, I guess, I essentially, I want to be like a hunter gatherer. <laughs> That's like my dream living situation. But, uh, I resist tech a little bit, but gosh, this stuff is so like, uh, yeah, it, it kind of, it's solving all these issues that I was kind of mentioning. And I, it's like you said, augmenting, I think. Um, I think tech for the sake of tech is problematic. Right. Tech that can enhance uh, and make you better at what you're doing. Think of all those ideas you've had for Monkey. Those oh, random yeah. little ideas. Right. That you 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 thought about, but then you came back from a run or you did something you're like shit. Like I didn't trap them. So I as I say this to speakers all the time. Like you've got to have an idea trap. Right. You've you've got you get these random moments, and the, as soon as you create an idea trap for something, so you've got let's say you've got three new products coming mm -hmm. up right now. Mm -hmm. If you create a note in Evernote or your phone or even carry a notebook, and on that it just says the product name idea trap, and you put it in your pocket, because you have it with you, you'll randomly notice shit, and you'll be like. I could use that, what they've done to sell that ice cream I could use for this product, pull it out and make a note. Right. If you if you carry around traps with you, and Worm for me, I didn't think so. I used to always, because I own a notebook company, so I actually carry tactile notebooks. Okay. And, and, but it's so efficient that I would rather use their software than my own product, which makes me feel terrible because <laughs> every product we sell like gives 10 books to children. Like I'm actually, I'm right. actually not giving books to the children, man, the children in Africa of right. all the children right? Uh, by doing, by using it, but it's so good that I do it anyway. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You, you use, anyway. use the term idea trap is like just this concept of whether it's your phone a notebook just to capture your thoughts is that yes but it's not about like you could argue your phone is an idea trap but it isn't until you said it sure so if you don't if you don't write something that says 
um, ideas for upcoming client pitch. And, and so we actually made these little printable ones. Have you ever, what's it called again? It's basically you take a, a, a page and you fold it into eight and it forms a little book. Oh, so you can just yeah. put them in your pocket. And we made a, a, a printable one of those on our human rights website. And the idea being that if you have something tactile that has a purpose, my old business partner, he was a stand-up comedian and he carried a book with him for funny stuff he saw all, always in a pen. And he argues that if he forgot the book in the morning, he wouldn't notice the funny things around him. But by the virtue of having a trap with him all the time to capture comedy ideas, he would reach for the book throughout the day. And I, like, I used to be like upset if I said something funny to him, he didn't reach for the book. I'm like, come on, man, that was hilarious. I'm like, no. Set it up, Stay bro. in your lane, Set man. <laughs> yeah, stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. You're not a funny man. I'm the funny man. But then like every now and then he'd see something like a, a, a waiter would do something or say something funny and you'd be like, that is gold. And he would take it out. But everybody else at the table didn't see it as comedy because they weren't looking for it. And that's when I thought like this, you need to have specific traps for specific things. So I, I that's what, that's to the point of the Kindle. I create little hashtags that I've automatically set to sync to my room so that even on my, on my phone, if I, if I scan something, I can, do it in my Kindle app. I can add this little shortcut, like I can write a series of letters that automatically populates it with the syntax that Rome needs. And then it goes straight there. So I'm, I try to make it as easy to capture, capture ideas that I don't want to lose. Sure, and sure. I think we should all be better at that. And for you, that could be buying what you call field notes. Like, you know, that, that feels like you're like monkey. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah. But like you buy one of their three-pack field notes books and you have three of them and one is for each product right. and you carry a little pencil with you and then you've got an idea trap. Right. But if you just have a generic like phone notes app, I don't think it generally works as well. Right. Yeah, I've got, I, I, I have like my product ideas notes section that it's pretty fucking long right now. If anyone ever finds <laughs> yeah. this, I hope they... Do something with them because there's a, I don't know if there's enough time, but uh, don't die. Yeah, You've exactly. Got too much work to do. I know. It's like that's what bums me out sometimes. It's like some things. It's like the world needs this, you know, but uh, or at least I need it. So I for just just I want to clarify for for like a Kindle. So if I'm taking notes, I can do like hashtag whatever in in those notes, and that that can sync with my Rome. Yes. Okay. So when you when you when you select the text in your Kindle, okay. and a lot of people don't bother doing this, but you select the text in your Kindle. If you hit the note button, right, then you can just type your own notes. Right. So I type my own notes and things on that. And if I hashtag any of those, it'll automatically because Readwise imports it directly into my Rome. It'll automatically uh, all those hashtags immediately become pages. Okay. In Rome, your own dedicated pages. And so I might have a lot of orphan pages that are one like hashtag. And, you know, that's it. Right. But as later on, like a year later, something else, and then it links to that. And then it becomes stronger and stronger and stronger. And then okay. eventually I've got material for a talk. Okay. Cool. Or a book or whatever. Yeah. Right. One well, work. it's, you know, part of Stoic is there's the body hardening training manual, which has been a fun research project. But it's like it gets aggregating all these like, oh, man, that's such a good nugget that needs to be a part of it. It's, it's just aggregating that efficiently, which this sounds perfect for. So. Rome, I built that entire program using Rome and it, like our, our story to stage program 
the entire thing was built just using as I had an idea and you don't file in, you just tag it and it just appears when you need it in Rome. It is the, I think is, I think the guy who started this company is going to be the Elon Musk that people talk about 10 years from now. This guy's name is Connor White Sullivan. He's like a bit of a, he's like a bit of a genius. Okay. And yeah, he's, he's incredible. He, in fact, um, the two guys who funded it was Tim Ferriss, who's not invested in another company for ages, but he was using it so much that he was like, I have to be part of this. And Patrick Collison, the founder of um, Stripe. Oh, okay. Okay. Right on. Everything else was funded. They went to users and they said, it's kind of like, I guess it'd be more like that kind of monkey way. They were like, well, we don't want to give away our control. So they said, here's the way that you can do this. We don't need to raise funding. We will sell you five years of access for $500. But then you get access to like insider calls and things like this. And they just like, uh, everybody just bought it. I was like instant money. Like, cool, dude. that's done. Amazing. For right. note-taking application. They, they call it Rome cult. It's like become a, like a cult following. Okay. Right on. I like, I like, yeah. I like positive cults. Yeah. I mean, well, you've done, that's what you've Yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah, exactly. Monkey cult. <laughs> positive cult. You must actually check him out. Um, he spoke about this Connor White Sullivan guy, CEO N-A-W on Twitter or C-O-N-N-A-W on Twitter if, you, if you're on Twitter. But check out, he, he just did, he just posted a thread like this week or on the weekend about the power of positive cults. And um, he linked to a thread and he's been commenting quite a bit about creating positive cults. And I think it's a, I think it's a good thing. Okay. I think it's like very in line with your philosophy. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. oh show. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing. We're not. We're not doing a what you call it, Lent. We're like a Joe Rogan level. Oh man, chatting. I I love like Rogan's show. I started. I, I kind of got to the podcast. I started listening to Tim Ferriss actually pretty early on, but I really like Rogan's show. Just I really appreciate his like just genuine curiosity with all these different things. You know, it's so like refreshing in a way that he's it's just someone that's not you can't really put him in a box i love people like that you know which i think kind of that's very monkey to me you know it's just and i like his lack of give a shit yeah like, man it's, he's very take it or leave it right like i know like obviously so i eat plant-based and that goes way against what he thinks he's like a hunter and a thing and sure. stuff like this and and but like I love his like I don't agree with him on some of the stuff and like sometimes I laugh at his bro sciencey type stuff. But I still can't stop listening because I love it and I love his curiosity and I love right. his take on it and like and the guy has opinions on more things, but opi opinions of depth right. on more content to the point that I'm wondering if he's got researchers in his ear, right. like telling him stuff. Like I'm thinking like, no man, how do you know that much about that much stuff? Like that's it's. It's really proper. Yeah. And like quite intellectually jealous of them. Sure. Well, yeah, and I, yeah. you know, it's like having, um, I appreciate it, what I appreciate about him is like you said, I think he has these well thought out opinions. It's not necessarily that you have to agree a hundred percent with them either way, but at least hearing someone that you can tell has at least thought deeply about something versus just kind of reacted to something. I, I, I really appreciate that. Yes. And, uh, in a conversation. So you said earlier about you want to be a hunter-gatherer. And it's quite funny because I've been really playing with this idea of intellectual hunting and gathering. Okay. And I think the world is divided into two groups of people. I think you have idea hunters and idea gatherers. 
And I think Joe Rogan is an idea hunter. So I think he sounds smart today because he asked somebody a question on an episode a year ago. And we forgot that, but he remembered it. Right. And so somebody else offers or asked him, they talk about something today, but like an episode, you know, three months before he hunted a better answer for something. And I think what happens is most people go through their life being hunter gatherer, the, the idea gatherers. They're basically happy to accept the information that they're given. And I see myself as like an idea hunter. Like I want to, I want to dig deeper. I want to make sure that I properly understand the concept. And I think that's what I like about him because if you watch this episode, it's an episode, it's a, it's a, a show made for idea hunters because he wants to provoke and dig further and try and he'll argue and he doesn't mind and he'll, you know, joke and laugh and right. like with his people, but he'll dig deeper. And, and I, he's not afraid to have people on with completely opposing points of view and treat them with respect and, and enjoy the banter of it. I think it's quite amazing. Right, right. Well, and, you know, one thing I, I thought, it's kind of a nuanced thing of conversation, but there's a difference between debating something and simply explaining your thought process or position. You know what I mean? And I think that's something that jumps out on his show specifically. Yeah. It's, it's not It's not – it doesn't well. There's definitely been debates, but it also. I'm just holding scissors randomly here. <laughs> yeah, I try, I try to work out why you're holding scissors. <laughs> like that's cool. Like, is that how you going to end the poem? <laughs> Cut the cord, son. Oh my god. Um, yeah. No, it's. I, and you know, I I feel like a lot of time, or I've I've noticed, you know, recently in conversations with folks, like things will turn into a debate versus just. I don't really want to debate you. I just want to understand your position more. You know what I mean? Um, hmm. And I appreciate, I, I think that comes out on his show a lot, if that makes sense. So That's the basis of all rhetoric, rhetoric. Right. That book I recommended to you, uh, thank you for arguing. It's it's really good. He basically, his his belief is, well, I mean, it's, and again, this goes back to like Aristotle and, and you know, those guys. Right. And the belief is that, Argument is the basis of all education. Ed, you don't education is like you have an opinion on something. I have an opinion on something. We argue it for the purpose of trying to like one of us has to get better. Right. Whereas debate or is like winning. It's like a it's like a, a challenge to see if I can beat you. Whereas argument is actually about how can we progress our understanding of a topic by provoking the ends of each of our understanding until we both get better. And I think that like it's quite a beautiful thing. The world is, is becoming far too agreeable in the, in the wrong way because they think the opposite of agreement is like, like bad. It's, it's like anger, and, and, but it actually shouldn't be. We should be disagreeing better. Like I've seen, I, I think it must be so much more over there right now given your political uh, climate, but I've seen like people just can't be friends anymore. Like I saw a, a dude in the board game community find out that somebody else was a, a Republican or Trump supporter. And they were like, well, we can't be friends anymore. I thought, well, that's a thing. Like you can't go through your life. Like I understand that, that there could be philosophical differences, but like, how do you learn? Right. Like, surely we need to be willing to engage in debate. And maybe, maybe this is too sensitive for you guys right now. Like it's a, it's a big deal. And I, I totally, totally get that it's a big deal. But like, I also think we've got to be open to the fact that other people have different opinions. Oh, absolutely. Otherwise, you guys are going to have to lose the United from your name. Like, you're going to have to start calling yourself just States of America. Right. Like, I want to rebrand America, SOA, because, like, with this level of elections, the United is out the window. Yeah. It's, you know, it's interesting because 
It's interesting hearing your your perception or your perspective, excuse me, because you know there's like what I think what you see on the news, what you see on social media, and then what happens like at the grocery store or whatever. And I think, you know, where we live is, you know, it's a, it's a nice area. It's a relatively affluent area. Um, and I think folks are generally focused on lifestyle more so than their politics just aren't like a big, they're not exciting around here. Cause you can, go trail run, shred sweet powder, like climb huge. You know, I just, I think people have their minds elsewhere. Not that, not that it's not important, but, um, I, my general sense is people are just a little more focused on the things that actually affect their lives on a day to day basis versus like, you know, this red team, blue team thing. So yeah, it's interesting here. I was talking to Earl up in Norway and he was kind of making similar comments. Like it seems like we're on the brink of civil war, but you know, I think I think what you see in here is really the minority. It's a it's a loud vocal minority versus like minority, yeah. you know the minority, and so it is interesting though, like just the the shift and everything. So yeah, but that's all over with now. And that's good can, to hear. I'm glad to hear that. I'm yeah. glad that it's not as all consuming. Like for most of you, just going about your business and and you know you say like it matters, but like. Does it matter that much? Like, did your life change that much? Like, how much has your life changed in the last 10 years because of the political changes that have happened? Like, in South Africa, like, it's basically nothing. Right. It's like our government, it's just like idiots and then different idiots. And like, right, it's right. like, I just, that's what I said. Like, I can't affect politics. So I just run my business and do my best and live my life and, and hope for the best. Right. Know? Yeah. It's, um, I was talking to my wife about this, like, I, you know, besides like World War Three or something like that, like what probably the biggest impact politically, what it's going to affect us is just it's taxes. Like we're either going to pay a little more or a little less. That's really kind of the actual impact on like a material basis. So, um, yeah, I just yeah. it's it amazes me how people get really and I, I understand there's certain things that you know, people maybe have a little more emotion, emotional or attachment to, but yeah, it just, it's interesting to me how engaged it can become for something that might not even affect you much at all. Well, because the world doesn't care what affects them, right? It's, it's about being like people, nobody ever gets offended on my talks. They get, I've, I don't think I've ever actually offended somebody doing one of my talks. But I've upset people who are offended on behalf of other people all the time. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. All the time. Sure. Like, uh, I did a talk and there was a mate of mine who was Chinese. And I did something and I made some comment to him. And this audience member came up to me after and said, that was very offensive to your friend. I was like, my friend doesn't give a fuck. Like, my, <laughs> my friend, and I joke like this all the time. Right, right. And you're, what is offensive is you coming up to me. And being offended on his behalf because True. you think that he's just a weak little Asian guy that can't call me out if, if I'm upset. Um, the guy's a stand-up comedian as well. Like he's absolutely would give me shit if, if I was in the audience and has done. Uh, teasing me about my stupid haircut when I'm in his <laughs> audience. So it can go both ways. But like, anyway, now we're getting into a whole other tangent. But, but people can get offended. A lot of what's going on is people being upset on behalf of. Sure. Uh, 
a lot of other people, although I imagine there are definitely marginalized communities and people and things like this, but uh, uh, yeah, not at, the, not at the extent that I think the, the, the world is being shown. Right. Yeah, I think, I, think, I think what the world is seeing is like this sensationalized version of something that's certainly like, and I don't, what I also don't, I don't want to undermine that. Yes, there, there's definitely like, we can be better and there's definitely things that need to be improved, but like people aren't at each other's throats, like, you know, on a daily basis, you know? So, um, that's a good thing. Yeah. I, I, I think, you know, isn't it, there's some statistic like, well, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's true. The world's like safer than it's ever been in any point of oh, history, absolutely. but because of because of our access to like we can see more negative it it might seem like there's you know it's more dangerous or whatever my mom so when i was a kid i walked to school in winter in scotland and it was dark okay my mom maybe this was like a year ago some kid was kidnapped in wales and my mom asked me if like to just be careful with bailey i was like mom you understand that's like another continent in another country and it's another thing, but like the, the problem is that the world is so much closer right. uh, and crime is so much louder right. that in my mom's mind, like, like, I know it sounds bizarre, but like bad people weren't invented in the last 10 years. Like the, 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 the they've always been there, right. but we just feel it more. Right. But again, like I live in South Africa, we do live, I don't want to say we live in fear, but we live in under guard. Sure. And so it is, a, it's like, a, there is a thing like I certainly, I wouldn't wouldn't let my daughter walk to like the beach is 500 meters from me. I wouldn't let her walk there by herself. Oh, wow, okay. No, inconceivable. Okay. Okay. Did, did we talk yeah. about this before, but are you a Jordan Peterson fan or have you read any of his stuff or anything like that? Yes. Yeah, got a lot. I actually watched one of his videos just the other day. I mean, I like this things that are really, I mean, I think he's smart and he's cool, but there's all like, like again, with Joe Rogan, there's things I disagree with. Like sure. I mean, he eats only meat. Like I don't, I can't, I can't comprehend like you can you have to like have some vegetables but like he'd argue that he he believes that you should if you and your wife hated each other he and but you have kids he believes you should stay together for the rest of your life for the kids sure, sure. and in my mind like no your kids should deserve your kid children deserve to be people in love and then he'll always his argument is always he knows that he has better data than everybody else right so i think sometimes he says the clinical facts are here and i said well you know like the studies are but anyway, but I really like again. I have a, like an intellectual crush on on his the way his mind works. Right, right. Yeah, I thought he's. I've not um, read Twelve Rules. Have you? Twelve Rules is actually. Um, I would highly recommend it, and I I think he does an exceptionally well. He does an exceptional job of taking these ancient stories and, and applying them to like this primordial kind of human knowledge or human like wisdom that. I'd never had articulated to me um, in that way, which I really appreciated. Um, yeah, I, I would highly recommend it. I mean, again, it's not like, it's it's one of those things like it's not like you're just going, yeah, 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 yeah the whole time. But it, it at least it definitely provokes a lot of thought, and he does he does this exceptional job of taking these stories and really breaking down these kind of very fundamental lessons about humanity and just kind of behavior that. I'd never heard before, or at least articulated that way. So I, I really appreciated that. Is it a holiday read or is it like a heavy, is it like a cool one for December? <sighs> Gosh, that's a good question, man. I mean, 
there's definitely some dark shit, you know. Um, so if you don't want to read about like, you know, no, I don't mind that. It's, it's just it's an easy read, or you like. I, I I actually I would say save it for a time you want to think a little more deeply and not have to. There is some digestion involved for sure. So yeah, I'd save it for the maybe a different time. The book you recommended, it wasn't. Was it Guns German Steel? No. Sapiens. You. I love Sapiens. Sapiens, I love. Actually, I loved Homo Deus. I I read Homo Deus first. Okay, I haven't read that. So, oh, so I preferred it, but I also think that it was my introduction to to his style of writing. Sure. So it was like so good for me, and it speaks to a lot of the things that I care about, like the you know the 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 way the world has shifted around religion and belief and how we think and so like i i love both of them but i i love that one definitely it was amazing guns germs and steel so wasn't that from you um did you recommend a book about native americans or oh hell yeah yeah um, so there's uh, empire of the summer moon that's about the comanches empire of the sun or moon and yes, then there's black elk speaks which is rad um what's it called uh so empire of the summer moon and then black elk speaks um black elk speaks which is the first one you would read i would read empire of the summer moon first and then black elk um and man like sam arthur no two different authors actually black elk is actually it's a guy black elk is was a native american he kind of bridged the gap between like the old world and the new world kind of that end of the 19th century kind of post uh, civil war area, but he gets interviewed and translated. 4.17 rating over 34,000 ratings. Yeah. Like that's insane to be that highly weighted over that bigger subset. Yeah. Is insane. Yeah. That's empire and yeah. black elk. Black elk speaks. Black elk speaks. Yeah. Oh, okay. I see. So black elk is the yeah, he's, black elk. Yeah. He's bl black thing. elk is that's the, that's the gentleman's name. Wow, it's 1998. So the interview, I, the original text was from, you know, it's, I want to say early 1900s. But this guy, he lived from that kind of, you know, he was born maybe middle 1800s and lived to kind of early 1900s. So he kind of bridges this wild gap of like, you know, new world, old world, new world, world you know what I mean? So... Really, really cool. But Empire, man, it's br it's brutal. Like it's a brutal book. It's raw, but there's also um, what there, there's a few lines that really stood out to me. One was like the magic around the Comanche world, just how everything had magic to it, and there was like a rhythm to nature in the wild. And then there was also just their the freedom of their lives and the, the communities they lived in and, and what was important and what was not, you know, they couldn't really pass on wealth. So there was no, it was a pretty flat society that way. And, um, it just, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that are kind of like, there's a, there's a lot of really good things that have happened from technology, from the West, all that stuff. There's a lot of really good things and I wouldn't want to trade those in, but I think, we've maybe lost a few things along the way that um, you get kind of reminded of in that book specifically. Totally. But we're both dads. And right. if we were back then, like what we'd have to pick one of our kids to not be with us. Cause that was the, like the right. ratios. Right, right, right. And like dentistry 
like this i do i fan so i fantasize about the idea of that simpler like jazz and i joke about it like we'd love to go live like in iceland or in uh like i say scotland but she she doesn't want to she convinces like too rainy at least iceland's like nicer like this little i could picture myself living i still want to have like a good internet connection but like in this little farmhouse thing but um uh I, I don't know if if I romanticize a concept sometimes just because of the books I read and the things and stuff that actually in reality, like I, I live up, I mean, I have an electric skateboard for God's sake. Right. Like I don't, I don't even kick my own skateboard. Like it doesn't get much less uh, authentic than that. But yeah, I don't know. I do sometimes think that we've maybe jumped the shark on some things. Yeah. And, you know, I, to- I think it's like Western medicine to me is like, clearly there's a a lot of really positive things from that that I would not want to trade in. But I, I think just the, it's really just the simpler living, you know, and, and not having to be so consumed by all these things. Not that, not that they wouldn't be useful, but yeah. But isn't that to go back to what we're talking about the enough thing, isn't that a choice? Right. Like can't we decide that anyway? Exactly. Yes. You're right. You absolutely could. And isn't that part of the whole monkey ethos thing as well, right? Is just because there is a big gym with flashing lights and all of these things, and just because you can get on a bike with a video screen and ride with people in New York City doesn't actually mean you have to. Right. Like, why Why are you doing this? And, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I think and about that like a, a lot. I, I figure there's still a choice, right? Right. Right. No, I, I think about that a lot. You know, we... Uh, we just bought a house here and it's, I, it's, it's a nice place. I'm very, um, what's the right word? I'm very grateful, but it's also like, I recognize that it's not, it's not making me happy specifically. It, it, it certainly adds to that, but it's, if I didn't have it, I wouldn't, feel like less of a person or I don't think my happiness would be decreased. Did you ever watch that talk, that Benjamin Hardy talk, the hundred percent rule that will change everything? I think you've mentioned that to me before. I haven't watched it. What, what, what's so his basic premise. And so I've been thinking about this. I, I had it like jazz and I had a long chat last night about this because I think I need to, I think I need to stop eating sweets and candy and crisps and things. Now I don't eat anything. Like I don't smoke. I don't drink. I don't take drugs. And I and I bloody I'm a bloody, bloody eat plants for a living, right? Like I've got nothing left. Like this is this is it. This is the the final frontier. But I I actually what I said to her is it doesn't bring me happiness. Like it's actually like when I'm stressed, I'll go to the kitchen and I said the other day, yesterday. So I said goals and I normally don't eat cookies and sweets and crisps. I have to mark the day as a loss because I score all my days. So I mark the day as a loss if I eat cookies on a non-cookie day. But I was like just so much on the way that I went and I ate and I wasn't like fulfilled. It wasn't even nice for me. So I went back to the cupboard and I got something else and I ate and it wasn't nice for me. And then we had some Doritos and I opened those. And and I said to her, like, there's no pleasure. I'm not enjoying this. And this this guy's premise is that 98% 98% is harder than 100%. So when I ate when I ate vegan during the weekend, vegetarian on the weekend, 
it was hard. Every decision was like, ah, I mean, can I just like, let me just have some cheese now or something. Or like when I originally cut back on meat, like, ah, this is silly. It's meat-free Monday. This is bullshit. Like, why don't I just have a, I'm just going to have bacon today and then I'll have something tomorrow. But the moment I decided, well, I'm no longer eating it, it was easy. And there's that Michael Jordan quote. And he says, once I make it, once I've decided to do something, I never have to think about it again. Whereas if you do something in half measures, and it's just weird, like I'm, I'm maybe going too far away from what you're saying about the, does it bring me joy? But these sweets and chocolates and things bring me no joy. Sure. And like they theoretically do. And I'm thinking, but, but like being self-conscious about how I look and like frustrated that like, uh, like, like I'm not in the shape I would want to be in, uh, that, that brings me much more pain than the joy I get from sweets. So why don't I just decide never to eat them again? And he says, don't like cut them out for three months or like cigarettes or things. Because that's why I said it was smoking. That's what I decided with drinking. Like I've never taken drugs, but I smoked a bit of weed. But like, that's what I decided with that. Like, and it was so easy. And I think, why don't I just decide never to have crisps and sweets and chocolate again? Right. And my, my, <laughs> Jazz sat right here. She's like, that's fucking stupid. <laughs> and I was like, no. <laughs> like... I don't know if it is like what, because it was so easy when I decided I don't want to drink. Like I, I think I'm a shitty drunk and I was 19 and I was like, I don't want this to be my thing. This is so boring. Everybody does this. This is like completely unremarkable. And I, like, I'm not to take away from anybody else. We always have booze in the house, but anyway. And so now I'm thinking like, maybe I should cut it out completely. What are your thoughts on that level of, of. Well, what you're making me think of is, um, have you read atomic habits? Yes. Um, James Clear. Yeah. yeah. I remember he, he meant there's basically the concept is like deciding what type of person you want to be or what would this type of person do? How would this type of person act? And to me, that more binary system you're describing is a lot more fitting for that, that situation. And just having that mindset of, okay, this is the type of person I want to be. What are the behaviors and actions that this type of person has that to me is going to be a much more sticky result than yeah the kind of half the half in you know what i mean you're never you're never fully committed either way i i i like i like that um i think that fits for certain things particularly nutrition particularly training and it i think it can be done in a way that's that's healthy as well you know, it doesn't, I think the, I think the downside is some people can get so kind of draconian and rigid that it kind of consumes their lives. But I think if you can approach it with the right mindset of, yes, you're all in, but it doesn't, uh, it doesn't become like, like a, a burden, if that makes sense. But like being, so, so I would have thought like cutting out, so originally I thought unrefined sugars, right? right? Then I know like when we go to my parents' house, like they, my dad has to cook the curries with coconut cream and stuff like this. Like it's like, it's a, there's an effort, but for them, like it's ethical. So they don't really mind. If I cut out all sugar everywhere, never ate it in anything. And then I went to my parents, like it, you become a burden to other people. Right. But if I decide not to say, to say no, thank you to dessert or to sweets and things, like you're not really a burden to anyone. You just say to them, no, thanks. I'm so, I'm so full. Your, your food was so delicious that I actually have no space left for pudding like that. That's okay. Right. Yeah. I mean, so 
I don't think that I thought I've thought about this. I, I can't decide if I'm like ready to 100% pull the trigger, but I, th I think I am because I just think it'd be easier. Right. And then it's, 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 you only have to be dogmatic about it when it is a decision. Like training, you have to be like, I've got to, I've got to convince myself. I've got to train today. I don't feel like it, but I never have to convince myself ever to not, I never ever think, ah, the one whiskey, you know, because right. it's just not in my, it's not even an option. And this is what I said to Jazz last night. So kind of go back to what we were saying. Before we had sweets, nobody missed them. Like nobody went through their life thinking, if only I had some sweet boiled candy thing to, to put in my mouth right now, or like a crisp. It's like it's, and, and like, so we, we have quite a lot of fruit, which I understand is like sugary and stuff, but it like Jazz bought me today, like a whole fruit salad thing. And um, like, it's it, it hits the spot probably better anyway right. and now i'm pontificating with you no no like, this I, is just yeah. i think the burden i think like to, to add more context to to my answers like i it's it's annoying when you know you have someone over and you know you can't feed them anything because they don't eat gluten or what you know it's just they don't eat anything except spinach or whatever i don't know but um yeah I think you can be all in on these things and do it in a healthy way, in a way that's not like the world has to cater to you. It's kind of my, that right. that's how my, my approach would be. And I think, you know, to your point, like I think a lot of people create a shitty environment to eliminate things or they create this environment where instead of just not buying cookies or not buying alcohol, if you don't want to drink or whatever it is, they'll keep it in the cupboard or something. So there's always that little devil on your shoulder, like, Hey, I'm yeah, here, you know? So it's like, and, and you can do it in a positive way as well, where it's like, if you want to train more, we'll make, make your environment monkey fire your home, you know, like make it easy to be active and move, you know, you can do it both ways. So, um, yeah, I hear you, man. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll let you know. I'll let you know. Like, I, I just do think that, uh, I do think it's worth thinking about like what would we miss in things to the point of view of the home and like what are we is it an upgrade now what actually brings us our happiness right and it's amazing that uh the things that i think bring me happiness don't nearly as much as like for me i like reading like that's my jam like right. i sit down and read and and i just enjoy that and uh yeah i don't know anyway we are we are we're nearly hitting two. We're hours. Rogan we're style. Wow. No, I I'm sorry. To, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know you're a busy guy, so no, just, I'm glad we got to go no, deep. No, no, no. So that it's just like you can see it's pitch black now. So it's like dinner time. Oh, so. dang. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> uh, well, we should do this again, my man. Yeah, dude. It was it was amazing, and just like talking to you, always like I, I'm so inspired by what you're doing and the the company you're building and your vision for everything. And I just think it's incredible. Thank you. Well, thanks for sharing your knowledge because I'm just sitting over here in the dark, like, you know, punching away. So I, uh, I appreciate getting the, the insights and just getting, you know, I, 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 you, whenever we talk, you also help me like self-examine, you know, like your questions and whatnot. So I appreciate that. And it's, it's good to get that like deeper understanding. So thank you. Likewise. And I, I cannot wait for my stoic. <laughs> what are we? What are we talking about? Like April, May, right? Yeah. Is that the kind of time? Yeah, that's what it's looking like. So sorry for the wait, man. But no, that's cool. It'd be like the 360 felt like it took ages when I was there, but like now I feel like I've had it forever. Right. So it's it's amazing. Yeah, cool, man. Thanks so much. It was amazing chatting. And uh, yeah, yeah.
Right on. Uh, we'll catch you soon. Thank I'll, you. I'll exercise harder. I'll be fitter. <laughs> and when you say give us the, 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 you know, where we have to be in Montana or Norway or wherever it is, yeah, like I'll jump on the plane, man. I, I want to come and, but you've got to give us a warning because I'm not going to eat for a month before. Like I'm just going to starve myself. <laughs> no, man, you got to pack like, on the pounds. Yeah, Who knows robotic, what we'll be doing? Robotic legs and shit like this. Like I'm going to be, I'm going to be, I'm going to come over there and I'm going to be the fittest hardest motherfucker i have ever been in my entire life like that that's the thing all right well i think uh, maybe uh 2021 the year yeah let's let's hope so <laughs> all right brother all right really you, man. take care go dude cheers bye bye